Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Hey guys, this is Stu from 180 Nutrition, and I am delighted to welcome back Martin Silva to the podcast. Martin, thank you so much for coming back on again. How are you, mate? My pleasure. I'm great, thanks, Stu. Well, that's great. Really, really excited to connect with you today. Um, and you know, a couple of reasons, obviously, to connect with you and dial into all the knowledge that you have accrued over the years in your um, in your industry. But secondly, to uh, welcome and introduce and announce you as an ambassador to 180 Nutrition. And so, thank you so much for coming on board with us. And just to give our listeners a little bit of a heads up, particularly interested in connecting with you because of a number of things that you do. Um, Obviously, you're into um, personal training and um, holistic movement, and and uh, but at a much deeper level than I see lots of other people doing it. And I'm very interested in anybody who talks about sleep and mindset and motivation, as well as nutrition and movement and all the other habits out there as well. And you apply that to yourself and your clients with a very holistic and natural route, which I think is super rare in the industry uh, that is tainted with um, toxic messages and um, less than authentic supplementation and, and substances and things like that. So really keen to welcome you on board. Um, thanks for sharing some time this morning. But for anyone out there that hasn't heard of you before, uh, it would be great for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself too. Sure. Firstly, I uh, thank you for welcoming me on board, and it's an absolute pleasure. Once again, the pleasure is all mine, Stu. And um, yeah, just a little bit more about my background. So where do I start really? So in terms of personal training, I mm. have been doing this for almost 15 years now, always juggling a few things, you know, like uh, doing the online coaching is, I've been doing that. Uh, so I've got like a, a handful of people I coach online, been doing that for over five years now as well. Uh, but just to track back to when I, you know, I first qualified as a trainer back in uh, back when I was like 19 years old, and prior to that, I was always competitive, always playing sports from a young age, uh, always had that competitive nature. But when I first uh, started lifting weights properly and consistently, I first picked up a dumbbell when I was about 14, and mm -hmm. I, got, I, I got really consistent with it from the age of around about 16. Right, and uh, I never looked back. Really, I fell in love with it. And it was transferring over to my, my rugby as well, because I was playing rugby at the time. And it just became my passion then. And as I said, by the, by the, three years later then, by the age of 19, uh, I was a qualified personal trainer. So uh, been doing it for a while. And, you know, eventually then I got into bodybuilding as well. So mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm a pro-level natural bodybuilder. Yeah. Although, although I've com competed in federation, I've, I've never actually competed in a natural federation so just mm -hmm. to verify that i've always competed in uh like ifbb yes wbff and, and they're non-tested federations so because i've put so much work into lifting weights and into my you know into into well, essentially you know training and exercise over the years yeah and genetics play a part in that as well i'm not going to deny that uh, yeah. i can compete against the best in the world people who are taking stuff you know yes. performance enhancing stuff i.e. steroids, I'll just say the word. Don't know why I'm swerving around that word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is yeah, what it is, right. isn't it? <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But um, but no, I've coached hundreds of people as a as a as a trainer, 
maybe even over a thousand people if I include the people I've coached online as well over the last, say, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually around about six, seven years ago I first stepped on stage uh, as a men's physique competitor as well. So yeah, I pretty much live, breathe, and eat health and fitness. But I think the the important turning point I think I should bring up for the listeners is, uh, you know, my paradigm shifted again around about four or five years ago. Um, when just before I turned pro as a bodybuilder, say 2014, 2015, I started applying myself, Stu, and started educating myself yeah. uh, and learning from people like yourself with a similar mindset in terms of focusing on health, making health a priority. Um, I, I developed a bit of an eating disorder. I'm trying to make this quite short, Stu. My life story would be quite long otherwise, you know what I mean? You get a bit carried <laughs> away sometimes, don't you? Then you look at it's okay. like 45 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. We'll speak to you again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Job done. But no, but no, as I was saying, just um, I began to focus on um, health, making health a priority instead of being driven by aesthetics. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there probably was an underlying reason why I started lifting weights as well. Uh, the main reason was because my friend asked me to go to the gym with him and it was like, you know, mm-hmm. my mate was going, so I joined him. But yeah. then when you start building, I was, I was quite a late, I was quite a late kind of, uh, kind of bloomer when it comes to puberty and stuff. Right. So when I was 16, um, I had an amazing response. Like, I think I was, I was behind, but my testosterone, you know, at that age, you're on, you're on natural yeah. steroids, right? At the age 15, yes. 16. Yeah. Testosterone. Body is ready. <laughs> exactly. Body is ready. So I, I hit the sweet spot and then, um, I continued, and as I say, um, I was then, you know, the underlying reason was probably partly insecurities. You know, I think uh, a lot of guys don't talk about this, but I was a skinny kid growing up, much like yourself, Stu, right? Yeah. You can probably yep, identify totally. with this. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, was, I was a skinny kid. I was never, you know, I've never, I was, I was kind of medium in school. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of in between. I wasn't very popular, but I was, like I said, tall and skinny. And then when I started building muscle then, I got hooked and I loved the, the, the way it made me feel. And like I said, it carried over into rugby. But then what happens then is when you start competing, Stu, and you start, you step on stage and you start getting your body, you know, compared to other physiques and a lot yeah. of them, not natural physiques. Uh, and yeah. then you're, you're straight away off the bat getting told what you need to work on, you know, what muscles right. are, uh, are kind of not well developed and you mm-hmm. know what you need to bring up in terms of your aesthetics and then if anything that kind of sends you in deeper into that that rabbit hole of being driven by aesthetics uh and then you know as a result of not knowing what i was doing Stu, when i first started competing i was restricting uh food sources yep. like lots of nutrients i was unnecessarily taking loads of foods out of my diet because all i knew was what the other bodybuilders around me were telling me. Uh, none of it yeah. was based on science. And then I developed a little bit of an eating disorder. Um, I say a little bit. It was it was essentially the binge eating disorder, which I battled with for about a year or two years, both on and off the stage as a result of essentially depriving my body in a way which... Uh, you know, it's never it's never healthy competing anyway. You're taking your yeah. you're taking your body into a place where it should it's not good for your health anyway. But when you do it in a way which is not based on science and you're cutting mm. the nutrients out of your food, what's going to happen then, Stu? Is you're gonna you're gonna rebound when you get a chance to eat food. You know, your body, um, you know, all your hormones are well out of whack, which uh, I can talk a bit more about later. But you know, your 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 leptin, for example, just for the listeners, uh, the hunger hormone leptin. Yeah, um, it's through the roof when you when you've yeah. been in a prolonged calorie deficit like that for a show, especially, uh, and and um, leptin, which is the uh, sorry the other way around, ghrelin, the hunger hormone, is through the roof, and leptin, which is the hormone which tells you you're full, is depleted. 
So yes. then, you know, your hormones are all out of whack. And if you go binging after a show, mate, it's it's hard to hit that off button. Uh, and then, as I said, then I started educating myself more. And eventually then I um, I made health my priority. And, and here we are, Stu. Here we are. Brilliant. So fantastic. So to put some perspective into this, um, if you're listening to this um you can also jump onto YouTube and, and you can watch our conversation because we post it on there as well. But I would, uh, I would present the listeners with an opportunity to jump on the phone or jump onto Google and just type in Martin Silver Fitness and hit the Google image buttons and see <laughs> the images that come up because you'll be shocked in terms of <clears> – <throat> you'll see a whole presentation of images that essentially are a men's health cover physique. And, and I look at that as an absolute science. So for anybody out there that's saying, well, hold on a minute, you know, I'm, I'm a 45-year-old female mum of three, and I just want to lose a few pounds. Why should I listen to this? Well, I would say, why don't you listen to the scientists? Why don't you listen to the person who really, really can walk the talk, etc. who has done it, who understands the finite um, science behind increasing muscle while reducing body fat, but doing it from a perspective of um, long-term health as a goal and understands that all of the areas that you need to you need to work on to be able to make that happen. So certainly we're not saying to everybody, <clears throat> look at Martin Silver, we're going to get ripped. We're saying this is what's possible when you take all of this information and you dial it down to such a fine laser point that that is possible. Because for 99.9% of the population, what you have, you've achieved is impossible. And um, so congratulations Thanks. for that. Like, I look at that and think, oh, my word, like, I want some of that. <laughs> like, how, 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 is that how is that possible? So I'm really, really keen for people to jump on board and see, right, okay, so this guy – um, he's been in the industry most of his life. Uh, the achievements that he have, has made have been profound. And yet you're in a day-to-day -day battle with your clients who are coming in and they're wanting to shape up. They're wanting to, um, they're wanting to transform their bodies in some way, shape, or form, whether it's for vanity, whether it's for long-term health, whether they just want to get stronger um, and fitter and healthier. So I'm keen to dial into some of these industry misconceptions because you're coming through um, almost into the battlefields every single day and you're presented with all manner of different types of body shapes, mm -hmm. um, people that are in very different stages of their life in terms of fitness, health and goals as well. Are there any big misconceptions that just jump out at you as being the most common that you have to tackle yeah yeah there's quite a few there's quite a few and i guess to start with if we just if we're talking about because obviously the answer always is to you as you as you i think i've heard you say is it depends right it depends yeah. who we're talking to so yeah. if if we to answer your question in terms of my personal training clients right mm. so over say the last 14 15 years as i said i've coached hundreds of people and about 90 percent of them are just everyday people so a lot of people yeah. listening to this you know, I've coached people just like yourself, right? Yeah. And, yep. and you know, the, I think the, the biggest misconception when it comes to, um, to, to training is, there's so many, but I think the main one is people think that you have to go balls to wall, right? Mm. And train like a mad person to get good results, right? Right. 
So for most people, again, I'll, really, I'll also you know, take a little bit of a diversion and, and go the other way, but for most people, less is more. Because people who, people who they, you know, especially the on or off wagon mentality, right? So yeah. when we're talking to most people, a lot of people can't really sustain because we haven't, when it comes to weight loss and fat loss, you, um, we haven't got a weight loss problem. People think yeah. we've got an obesity epidemic and it's not weight loss that's the problem, right? Although it is for some people, it's keeping that weight off, right? Yeah. If we look at the stats, 90% of people, if not more, will lose a significant amount of weight in their lifetime only to gain it back and some. Right. Yes. And what happens is I can I can kind of switch this over to an example of my competition. When mm-hmm. I did my competition, I did one in October. I had three or four years out of uh, competing. Competed in October, brought like you know one of my best physiques to the stage. But what I did notice was because of the binging in episodes that I've had before in the past. This is the ninth time I've competed, right? And about four of those I've done in a healthier manner. But the first five or so, when, when, you know, I was restricting food, hammering my body again, doing way too much. You know, less is more. I was doing too much, even for a show. And then what yeah. happened was your body is primed to store fat, right? So once you've done a competition, right, or if you're an average person listening to this, once you've brought your body fat down to a certain level and you've done, let's say, you've done three or four weeks of a specific type of training and you've been restricting your calories, What happens then is, right, when you start, if you haven't changed any behaviors, which I'll come to next, the fundamental behaviors, such as increasing your activity levels, focusing on good sleep, uh, eating whole foods for the most, if you haven't, and within four weeks, by the way, you're not going to have made any significant, you know, permanent changes. And what happens then after that is your body is primed to store fat, right? So essentially, every time you lose weight and gain it back, your body gets better and better at storing fat. Right. Yeah. And the same goes the other way as well. When you get, you know, when you get lean and if you do it a healthy way where you can sustain it, uh, what happens then is your body actually gets better at getting leaner. It becomes better at metabolizing fat and so on and so forth. So I think to, to, to specify now with the question, the main the main thing is restricting. Right. I'll say number one is is the restrictive mentality. So the best results I get with people, Stu, when it comes to long term results losing body fat, building muscle, improving overall health, better longevity, all those things. Instead of restricting, right, I add foods to their diet that they're missing out on. And let me tell you, everyone, including myself, right, it's, you know what it's like, Stu, you'll be learning about nutrition until the day you die, right? It's a never-ending. Human metabolism is the, next to the human brain, it's the second most complex thing on the planet, right? They still have no idea what's going on, basically, right? So you have to live for yourself, don't you? Yeah, oh, totally. And the fact I think that your your the diversity of your gut and your metabolism is continually changing as well. What worked for you a year ago may be radically different today. Exactly, exactly. So you need to, so everyone. What I was trying to say is is everyone is missing out on something. Whether that's right. not having adequate protein, fiber is mm-hmm. a big one. You'll know this, Stu. Fiber mm-hmm. and micronutrients. Right, shameless plug here, right? <laughs> nah. Yeah. But what, obviously, for example, you know, you have your greens plus, right? I'm not trying to, yep. you know, I'm not trying to directly. All I'm saying is, like, for example, it's very, very hard, even for someone like me, to get all of the plant-based foods. Just using fiber as an example, to get mm-hmm. all the plant-based foods into your body, right? Which is why I use your supplements to bump up those micronutrients, get the fiber in, and that's a big one. So most people are missing out on, say, let's say, protein, fiber, um, healthy types of fats. That's a huge yep. one. 
Uh, a yep. lot of people are uh, their balance of fat. The, the fat ratio is well out of whack. So most people are not having enough omega three fatty acids and, and too much omega nine. Uh, sorry, omega sixes and whatnot. Yeah, uh, and yep. just generally not having enough of the mono and polyunsaturated fats like you know nuts, avocado, uh, mm. seeds, olive oil. Those kind of things people are missing out on. So what I do, Stu, is I'll I'll add foods. I'll add foods they're missing out on. I, I'll I won't say cut anything out. I'll, I'll tell them you know don't try and impress me like for example if i get someone to um start tracking their food intake which yeah. i do a lot yeah i'll say don't try and impress me don't try and cut things back i want to see how you eat normally so i can yeah. see what we can improve on right just, and then i'll, start, I'll start adding foods exactly mate the big one is vegetables that's normally the number one stew right yeah. you're missing out on uh, on vegetables you're not getting enough in let's add some vegetables and let's be consistent yeah. with that stew imagine i'm talking to you now Stuart. let's be consistent with that and see how we go once i've seen a few consistent weeks that's great. You're hitting more fiber now. You're getting more micronutrients in. Oh, let's have a look at your protein. Right, okay. Yeah, you could do it a bit more. And, yeah. and the main thing is, Stu, when, when people are looking to, to lose body fat and build muscle, um, the, the protein is obviously an essential macronutrient. You know, you die without it. The same goes mm. with fat. Whereas carbohydrates, you can live without. Yeah. Whole other conversation. But with protein, um, it blunts appetite. So if someone's listening to this is trying to get leaner and leaner, the main thing is... It blunts your appetite. It stops you, and, and what it does as well is it speeds your metabolism up a bit as well. So uh, it's, it has a high thermic effect, much like vegetables. Um, so that's another one, and that's I think that's the most common misperception. Um, misconception, I think, is the nutrition elements, Stu, and it's people trying to restrict, pull everything out of their diet, and then they just they're just back to square one again, if not worse. Totally, totally. And I get that. You know, I pull that to the other extreme. I've got three daughters, and oftentimes. Um, for instance, earlier on this week, one of my daughters said, you know, I'm hungry just before we went to school. And I said, what do you have for breakfast? And she told me. And I said, well, where's your protein? Where's your fat? Of course, you're going to be hungry. Yeah, but nothing exactly. there to fill you up. Exactly. Nothing there to fill you up. So with um, how, do, how do you typically track um, what your clients are eating? Have you got a preferred method? Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll, um, I'll, I'll generally get them tracking using, uh, using an app, you know, the MyFitnessPal app. Yes, I yes. do know that. I do. You know what? I've got a mini story about that. It was fascinating because I am super lean, you know, always been lean. Uh, what do they call it? A hard gainer. Can't yeah. put on any, any weight um, if I tried, but I'm very active. I'm very active. Like, I never stop. How many steps and, do you do a day, Stu? Just curious. Um. Yeah, another story there. <laughs> but I would, yeah, I would, I would, twenty to uh, ten to twenty thousand probably. Okay, within within that range. Plenty. Um, not that the For ten thousand. That's more than enough, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, this is the thing. So I, I thought, you know what? I've never counted a calorie in my life, but I'm intrigued to see how much I'm actually eating when I put it all together because I eat a huge amount, like a huge amount, mm. and. Um, and I'm not talking huge bowls of salad. Lots of protein, a truckload of fats, lots of starchy carbohydrates, like lots, just lots of calories over lots of meals. Mm. And I, I do have quite an appetite um, continually. Mm. And so I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this MyFitnessPal app, and I'm just going to track to see what I am actually eating over the course of the day because I've never done it ever. Mm. And I said, well, what's your goal? And I said, well, I'd like to put on a little bit of weight. Um, because I like to do some ocean swimming, and I get cold in the ocean because I'm lean. Mm. So a little, you know, a little bit, little bit of body fat would be quite nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 
you need to consume an extra 500 calories a day, and I'm thinking, easy. Like, I can do that with a smoothie, with some avocados and some coconut cream. Piece Bang. of cake, piece of cake. Get that one done. Um, and so I tracked for the best part of a week everything that I ate, and I was 500 calories below what it, where I needed to be every single day, and I couldn't possibly eat any more. And I just realized it was because I'm just, I don't stop. Like I just, I'm, I'm active, and I'm burning just as much as I'm consuming all the time. And so after looking at that, I thought, well, you know what? I don't want to stop what I'm doing because I like to move. Like, I feel good when I'm moving. And I actually don't want to overfeed anymore. And it, I'd struggle to, to include even more fat and, and, and more calories into my day. So I think I'm just going to be happy with what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what the winner is for me, Stu. I posted this on my yeah. story. You might have seen it. You know the coconut cream tins? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Stu, like this is a whole other conversation. But since my show in October, right, I reverse dieted out of it, right? So just to sum it up for the listeners, reverse dieting is when you slowly build your calories back up. Right. Because you've, you've cut your calories for such a long period. As I was saying earlier, the worst thing you can do when you've done a competition or even when you've even if you're getting lean for a wedding, or I can relate this yeah. to anyone, you don't want to, which is what most people do, by the way, feeds, stop, what most people do, right? They'll cut yeah. something and then they'll start eating all the crap foods they've cut out, right? To right. my point. Yeah. And then boom, it's the worst thing you can do. But since my show's do right? So on stage, I weighed around about 87 kilos, right? And right, right now I'm 89 kilos, right? This is, this is three, four months ago. I'm two kilos heavier and I wow. have not been able to gain that weight back. Um, my metabolism is roaring harder than it ever has in my life. And, uh, you know, I eat uh, each day, I'm averaging like 3,600 calories. So my maintenance calories yeah. uh, um, there and about 3,700 calories. Stu, when you do intermittent fasting, right? I feel good in the mornings when I'm fasted, right? So yeah. I, I, like I said, I have clients, say from 6 a.m. In the mornings when I coach people as a, as a personal trainer, if I eat before that, you, I feel terrible. So yeah. I have to fast in the mornings and then it's like I've got a window to get 3,600 calories in. <laughs> so I'm like necking tins of coconut cream, <laughs> eating raw eggs, <laughs> all yeah. sorts. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's, it's amazing the way the body adapts and, and adjusts as you change your diet and, 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 and as we age as well. I've just come back from a holiday in Fiji and that, that for me is, is an opportunity to really enjoy lots of really good food namely like buffet style food so yeah. i'll go in there and it's just like oh my word like you're presenting me with like a whole reef fish and all of these amazing beautiful starchy fijian vegetables like mm. taro and yeah and you know i just i love all that and i'll have plate after plate because i struggle with an off switch too yeah yeah but i went to a fiji i mean i'm just shy under six feet tall and i'm i went to fiji i was like 72 kilos um so there's wow. not a lot, to me. not a lot to me. No, not at all. But most and people I, are listening to this now, and they're like, you know, like for most people, like say trying yeah. to get leaner, wherever it is, or trying to certain yeah. certain goals, and like they're like, you buggers, I can't believe oh. you say it. Look at like it's the best problem in the world to have, right? I'm, I don't mean to yeah. brag, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> unless you really want to bulk up, and I and I went like yeah, game yes. on, and I swat, switched my smoothies that I have every morning for breakfast to like full. Um, fried breakfast with three eggs, two sausages, a plate of bacon and potatoes they have. And they've got all this amazing stuff. And I did that. I was eating six meals a day, um, really, really putting it on, came back and, and I did jump on the scales. Now oh, I don't weigh myself, but only in this kind of holiday scenario where I'm trying to put on a few kilos 
came back after gorging myself for a couple of weeks. 70 kilos. 70 <laughs> kilos? Really? Oh, my yeah. God. And, and so, how, much, how much movement were you doing when you were away? Do you know roughly, if you had to guess, like steps, were you doing less or? Oh, crikey. Well, no, I didn't probably stop. Doing, yeah, you didn't stop. Yeah, same sort of activity roughly I, then. I literally didn't stop. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sit down on a beach. Like I'm swimming and same, surfing. Same. And, exactly. You know, I just I literally don't stop. But. But Stu, I wanted to say as well, um, you know, you're talking about misconceptions. Just before I forget, yes. sorry to, yeah. uh, no, to, no, to backtrack good. a bit, but um, when it comes to training as well, so I guess when we're looking at the big rocks, Stu, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let's look at the big rocks. Nutrition, as I say, yeah. people try to restrict. They try and change yeah. too much. And in reality, the best method for most people is to is to add more whole foods because most yeah. people are missing out. Everyone, right, is missing out on some sort of uh, nutrient or macronutrient, micronutrient, mm. whatever it is. Uh, the second thing is training programming. And this is in no particular order. Um, people don't place enough value on a proper training program. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about this on the last podcast, but making strength training or making, uh, you know, building muscle mm-hmm. a priority uh, is essential for you to build muscle, obviously, uh, and to build your metabolism, build longevity, you know, bone density, heart health. So it's not just for what you do for your metabolism and losing body fat, it's actually overall health. And in yeah. fact, in fact, studies have shown that actually lifting weights is more beneficial for the heart than cardio. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's clarify that. When there's uh, two different types of um, fat which build up around the heart, uh, one of them is like, I think it's pericardial fat, and the other one begins with an E. But both cardio and weight training reduced one type, uh, a certain, the, the one that begins with E reduced that type of fat, but only weight training uh, reduced the pericardial fat around the heart, only resistance training. So they've proven that actually resistance training is better for the heart, mental health. I could talk about that forever in terms of the, the, the health benefits, but when we talk about aesthetics and getting in shape physically, a proper training program is just is paramount. So focusing on lifting weights properly, and yeah. it, it, it kind of relates to what I was saying really, right? Setting realistic goals. Like if you're going from from doing, let's just say um, after Christmas, for example, right? A lot of people hit the off button, don't train as much. Um, I think your audience is a bit different. I'm sure a lot of them still train and stuff. But you know what it's like, social events, put you yeah. out of whack a bit. And then people get to January and they're like, that's it now. I am going hell for leather. I'm going to train five, six times per week. Balls to wall, as I said. And what happens then is, again, over 90%, the studies show this as well, over 90% of people will fade off. So if you set realistic goals and say, right, I'm going to do two to three purposeful weight training sessions per week, much like yourself, Stu, because I know you, mm. your regime is at least two or three. Yeah, I do three. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm doing now, actually. Um, and just doing purposeful weight training sessions, focusing on technique. Yeah. And um, most people, again, are too intense when they train, not focusing enough on the mechanics and the technique uh, of the movements, which is going to get you better bang for your buck. Uh, and doing too much so doing five six sessions per week and yeah. you know again over 90 percent of people you're just not going to sustain that yeah. time and time again uh, in terms of clients i've trained the client who will be consistent with two training sessions every single week right will yeah. get by far superior results to the person who was going five six times per week for a holiday or a wedding only yeah. to hit the off button and go back to the old behaviors, gain the weight back, and then start all over again. And that Brilliant. second example I use is most people. So place value on training programming. Uh, either get yourself a trainer, 
or get a good training program, you know, um, and follow a good training program, which is specific to, you know, what you're trying to achieve, really, Stu. And then sleep is the next one, Stu. You know, you can talk to us about sleep. So (laughs) I'm just, yeah, absolutely. Not valuing that enough. Yeah, people don't value it enough. And I love to. So just on 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 the muscle topic as well, I heard a great quote the other day, and it was that muscle is the organ of longevity. And that really resonated with me because the conversations that I've had with a lot of the professionals in the health space over the years on the podcast has been a shift from cardio to resistance-based training for overall health and longevity. So your perspective on cardio versus weight training, for somebody that comes in that is an average Joe like myself that's maybe carrying a few extra pounds, just wants to be healthy, um, but doesn't know where to start. Mm. What would you What would you say? Because typically you'd go, all right, I'm going to go in there. I might just jump on the exercise bike or the treadmill or um, I might just, you know, the stair climber and just I'm going to burn those calories off that mm. way. Mm. What is that? Is that yeah. worth? No, that's, that's, that's a very, very good point. Um, and, that, and that's what I try and, and, and again, it depends on the person, right? But most people, again, right, we're talking to most people. This is, this is probably 70, 80% of people anyway uh, yeah. that come to me. This, this, they're not moving enough, right? That's, that's a big yeah. one. That's normally, I would say, out of all the habits I get them to, to implement, that is the biggest game changer. And what I'll communicate to them is like, right, when you come to the gym and, and most people, again, they'll think, go to the gym, do cardio, just like yeah. you said, burn yeah. calories. Yeah. And what happens is when you come to the gym and you go for a walk on the treadmill or you do the cross trainer or whatever, let's just say you spend an hour doing cardio. Mm-hmm. So roughly from give or take, right, for about 5% of your day, you burn some calories, right? And that's yeah. great. You've, you've automatically, um, sorry, you've manually burned calories, right? So that's, right. that's what you're doing. When you're doing cardio, it's allocated. You're manually getting your body to burn calories. Now, the beauty of resistance training is just to keep lean muscle tissue on your body, um, it costs your body a lot of calories. So your body is then automatically burning more calories. And that's to your point. I like what you said then. What did you call it, the organ then, the muscle? Um, uh, Muscle is the organ of longevity. Organ of longevity. And that's exactly what it is. And also strength as well. So strength and muscle. And I think strength, uh, arguably, obviously Mm. they, they go hand in hand, there's been more studies done on that, and actually, people who uh, they they pass they do well on the dynamometer test, uh, dynamometer test, where you have to squeeze a machine. So mm. strength is huge for longevity. But going back to what we were saying, um, your body then will automatically be burning more calories if you focus on building muscle. So going back to what I was saying about cardio, let's just say you burn some calories in the gym for an hour, five percent of your day you've burned more calories. Now the beauty of lifting weights is for well, 10 to 12 hours after you've lifted weights, well, basically 24 to 72 hours after your yeah. metabolism's um, elevated because it's, yeah. uh, there's, there's a, an operation taking place called, uh, called muscle protein synthesis. But for 10 to 12 hours after, generally, your body is really trying to repair and recover um, you know, and all the rest of it, the damage and whatnot. So your metabolism, metabolism then is roaring, it's really boosted, it's elevated, it's supercharged. For say ten, so fifty percent, ten to twelve hours, right? Post lifting weights. So for about fifty percent of your day, you're burning more calories as opposed to five percent of your day. You see, that's like yeah. an analogy I like to use. But also going back to muscle tissue, another another simple analogy I like to use is muscle tissue is expensive, right? It costs your body a lot of calories. 
right? So I'll just say that one more time. Muscle tissue, just to keep it on your body, it costs your body a lot of calories. It's expensive tissue. So like a pound of lean muscle will burn, give or take, say 13, one, three, to around about 30 calories. Again, depending on the right. person. 30 yeah. to 30 calories extra a day, your body will burn just to keep that muscle tissue on your body by you not doing any extra, okay? So let's, right. just, say, let's just say you built five pounds of muscle, right? Over mm. X amount of time. That's up to an extra 100, it doesn't sound like much, but 150 calories a day your, your body's burning by you doing no extra whatsoever. And that's mm. partly why people like me or used to, right? We're hard gainers. Naturally, yeah. we move a lot as well, which is the big one, but we've got a lot of muscle mass as well, right? I think my muscle mass is around about 78, I weigh about 90 kilos. Yeah. I've got about 77 to 78 kilos of lean body tissue. So going wow. back to what I was saying then, 30 calories per pound, you know, my body's That's... burning a ridiculous amount of calories just to keep that muscle on my body. So if that right. explains that one, I hope that was kind of straightforward. No, no, yeah, it was interesting because I think typically the perception is that um, it's just as simple as a calories in, calories out discussion where I I want to burn five kilos of fat and so I'm just going to sit on the treadmill for an hour a day every single day until that fat's gone. Mm. Um and like you said, when you actually change the equation by throwing in muscle um, into the picture and, and all of the processes that occur when you build muscle and when you retain, retain muscle as well, mm. then that throws a bit of a curveball into that thought process. 100%. I think the activity is a big one, Stu. Um, people still look at me as if I'm mad when I say, you know, walk more. Uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. if you can do you know, a 20 minute walk even, right? Every day, mm. right? If you, you know, you get up, if you get up in the morning and you know, you're used to like sitting down and doing whatever you got to do, checking emails, blah, blah, blah. How about you try and get up like 20 minutes earlier? Mm. Just go for a walk or in the evening, once you've had your evening meal, go for mm. a 20 minute walk. Cause as you know, Stu, really good for digestion. You know, st- uh, certain studies right. have shown that it's actually really good for you to walk after you've eaten anyway. You know, so I'll try and implement habits like that. And that is a that's it. When it comes to fat loss, Stu and the average person, moving more because most people shoot they sat down most of the day you know it's yeah, a sedentary world we live in now i think you said to me off air the other day you know we're going back to i can't remember yeah, what you devolving. said we're devolving devolving, devolving. Yeah. That's, that's exactly yeah, it. we are we are yeah. and walking after a meal is a great strategy specifically for digestion as well and there is there is a chinese proverb that talks about i think it's a thousand steps after eating or something along those lines but I do that after every meal. Like we'll literally go around the block for 20 minutes or so. And I've found that that's been really good for sleep as well. Like it's just one of those, it's just another little dial that you can squeeze a little bit to get better quality sleep for me. And it's just optimizing your digestion. 100%, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Five to 15 minutes. That's about what I do as well. Like when I was speaking to you on the phone the other day, Stu, people yeah. just thought I was crazy. I was out the back just pacing up and down. <laughs> Let yeah. my food digest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, and, and there are, we think that we need to sit down to have a meeting. Um, we think that we, we need to sit down to meet our friends, like in a cafe scenario, have a good chat. Well, we could get takeaway cup of coffee, go for a walk and chat. We could plug our earphones in and walk and talk when we have our meetings. Mm, mm. That's um, such a good point, Stu. 
And I'm glad you said that because that is one of the main things I'll do. I'll say, you know, it's not some people, they, you know, let's face it, like most people, the average person committing to 20 minutes walk a, a day every every single day doesn't yeah. sound like much. For someone who's going from nothing, it's a lot to sustain. So even, oh, yeah. even three of those a week, I'm happy with. But just like you yeah. said then, getting up, walking when you're on your phone and using my girlfriend as an example. Now, my girlfriend's actually doing her first uh, bikini competition. Uh, oh, wow. in, in July, yeah. And um, she's a lawyer, so obviously her job is, is sedentary. She's sat at a computer yeah. most of the day. And she has gone from when I met her from doing less than 4,000 steps a day to averaging twelve to 15,000 steps a day by doing exactly wow. what you said. She has a phone call. She gets up and walks. She eats her lunch break. Every single chance she gets, she moves. And yeah. um, the results she's had, not just, you know, I think fat loss and weight loss is a side effect, really. The, the, mm. You start connecting to the fact that, actually, I feel amazing when I do this, you know? Yeah. Or I feel much totally. better anyway. So Yeah, oh, look, absolutely right. It is. It's just a... Um yeah, it just comes comes as consequence when you mm. do start to move and, and just introduce these healthy habits. And the more you do it, the more habitual it comes. Mm. It's just automatic, and you want to be there. You want to be doing that stuff. Hundred mm, percent. You want to. Okay. No, that that is um, no, it's brilliant, fantastic. So, in terms of um, so, we've spoken about some misconceptions in there. The importance of building muscle, um, and then also the importance of. Um, of not being restrictive on the foods, but the possibility of tracking and then including more healthy foods in there, which could help um, satiate you, so keep you full throughout the day. And, and if you're full, you're going to make less um, processed snacky options. You're going to have better blood sugar as well. You're going to feel a little bit more stable. What other pillars um, do you find that people typically fall back on um, when they're trying to build a better, stronger, healthier body. And I'm talking about things like um, not recovering enough, um, not getting proper uh, restorative sleep, and maybe being trapped in a mindset that isn't leading them in the right place. Mm. That's a big one. I think we have to mention that one, Stu. And I want to I want to bounce the uh, the other pillar in terms of sleep uh, yeah. back to you a little bit because I love the, mm. uh, the newsletter or blog you, you sent out the other day. And you were saying about the blue light blockers and, and preparing, oh, yeah. preparing yourself for a good sleep, Stu. And uh, yeah. just talk to us about like the the benefits you've had, Stu, because this is uh, this is I, as we said off air, it's the foundation. It's without good sleep and without and people think that sleep is something that just happens. It's it's not. It's yeah. just like exercise and nutrition. It takes discipline. You have to prepare yourself for a good sleep, Stu. So absolutely, so. yeah. Well, it's it's. I look at it as a muscle, and it's a muscle that requires work. But when you build it up and it's strong, it will support you in ways that you've never thought possible in mm. terms of being far more cognitive. So brain fog. We've all suffered brain fog, especially when we've, um, when we've been on a flight and we've got some jet lag and we just can't remember where our keys are. We can't remember what, why we walked into a room. Things like that. And um, poor diet choices, the inability to want to do anything because we feel so knackered. So mm. I, have, I have a sleep routine. And um, the majority of the people I know think I'm a lunatic, but I I, I, yeah, I do it because um, I went through a period of my life where my sleep went, and I, I blew my adrenals out. And I think we we spoke about this before, where I got into this exercise pro, um, routine and mixed up my diet, got my programming wrong, my adrenals crashed. When I Ten o'clock at night, I just felt wired when I should have felt felt rested, and I woke consistently throughout the night and just felt terrible for probably the best part of a year. 
So my routine now encompasses a whole heap of different things in terms of um, the type of food I eat and the timing of my meal. So I'll always try and have more of a fat and protein dominant meal in um, for my for my dinner for my evening meal, and I'll and I'll I'll try and consume that meal before about seven o'clock because I typically go to bed between ten and ten thirty, and so I try and make sure that I've had a good feed three hours before I get into bed, and I track my sleep with an aura ring so I know that if I eat later, my resting heart rate doesn't drop as quickly as it should do, and that um, that impedes deep sleep, and deep sleep super important for restoration processes switching on all of the detox and the repair processes of the body absolutely um and so i'm always ensure that i uh i eat um three hours prior bedroom has to be dark super dark like you can't see your hand in front of your face dark like mm-hmm. for me uh, it needs to be um cool bordering on cold um how do you get around that one she let me stop you on the on the cold one living in australia have you got aircon or how do you do it um we have a fan in the bedroom we have aircon like in the living room not in the bedrooms i don't use i don't use it i don't really like aircon um i I like to open windows and get fresh air yeah um i have a fan in the bedroom i um don't want to paint a gruesome picture in your in your listeners eyes but i don't i don't like to sleep with anything on uh i put the fan on you know good um like half speed and generally will have a sheet at most over me mm. and uh, and that will <clears throat> from a body temperature perspective uh, i get better quality sleep when my body temperature is lower and again tracked by the aura ring so mm. i just use that fan and and i'll just make sure that i'm um uh, and there are other hacks as well. I mean, I've got an infrared sauna and I use cold showers, so I mess with my body temperature that way. Mm. So I will, of an evening, go into a sauna for 30 minutes at 60 degrees, and then I'll come out and have a cold shower. Mm. Now, obviously, that's extreme, but typically you can have a cold shower before you go into bed mm-hmm. for um, you know a couple of minutes. minute even will um, change your body temperature. And, that, <clears throat> and then when your body temperature is coming back to its optimal um, temperature, you'll find that that will help you with your sleep as well. But mm. t- but typically, it's a fan for mm. me, mm. Um, and that just that works a treat. Mm. And then um, noise. Like I became a really light sleeper when I had kids, so I use earplugs now, and I use the um, like pliable um, putty like earplugs, oh, right. like soft soft gel. And I just plug in my ears. I can't hear a thing. Nothing wakes me up. Mm. Um, if I'm Traveling, of which I am frequently with work, I'll take an, an eye patch with me because you go into a hotel room and you've got all these flashing standby lights and curtains are always really weak. The room's never dark. Um, so I'll, I'll use that as well. Um, I don't drink fluids. I don't go too crazy on the fluids before bed. I just mm. try and ease off those before around 7 p.m. because I don't want to get up in the night and go to the toilet. And uh, I just want to sleep through the night. Same, yeah. At least an hour before I try and get the fluids off, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was, so that's that's kind of like the, the sleepy stuff. And then prior to going to bed, like I will disconnect from social media, well, 7 o'clock. Um, I'll, I'll use um, night shift on the iPhone. I'll use Flux on the computer, which are blue light blocking apps. I wear blue light blocking glasses, like always, mm. and I'll try and 
switch off the thinking brain. Um, and I think Tim, Tim Ferriss calls it visual overwriting. So you've got this monkey chatter that goes on, and I'll try and switch that off either by reading a book, Same, yeah. listening to a podcast, or watching some trash TV. Mm. Something just switches your brain off. Um, and then that really helps from a running a business. you always got stuff going on in the back of mind, got to do this, got to do that. And it, you just get caught into this endless cycle of thoughts. And so the reading definitely helps. Um, and uh, podcasts, Netflix, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then that that generally, if I've done enough exercise and movement in the day, will give me a good night's sleep with lots of REM sleep, lots of deep sleep, hopefully not too much awake time. Um, and I'll wake up and I'll feel, I'll feel pretty good. Now, those nights that I have trained in the morning, lifted weights, always give me better quality sleep, like bar none. And they just do. And mm. so what you're saying about the effects of lifting weights, 12, 24, 36 hours post, like there is an effect that that has on sleep as well. And that's, that is quite, um, quite noticeable compared to, say, a cardio day. Mm. Um, lifting weights does have a, yeah, a bigger impact on that as well. 100%. I think it, it mainly is a few other things going on. But when it comes to lifting weights in the evening, mainly mm. it comes down to core temperature, as you said, because your core yeah. temperature is elevated for a while. There's, I won't go too much into the science, but um, actually one of my clients was uh, took part in this small study, uh, and what they found was the, the REM sleep and yeah. the, the quality of sleep of the people who trained first thing in the morning versus the ones that trained after work in the evenings was uh, like much better, much better. Yeah. So uh, it is actually, yeah, that's true. Um, what about one more question on sleep? What about caffeine, Stu? Yeah, <laughs> Look, I got you there. <laughs> well, you did, um, but an unusual response. So I haven't had a cup of coffee in my life, not oh, one. I remember you saying this now. Yeah, yeah, of course. I haven't had it. Don't have it. But um, and yeah, super noticeable if um, if I've had something with you know, like for instance, um, cocoa, chocolate. I mean, a lot of the darker stuff's got more stimulating. Had, yes, it's just a stimulant. Um, yeah. yeah. So typically, um, if I was going to have caffeine, and my wife is big on this, like she'll have a cup of coffee at 11 o'clock in the morning. She'll be restless throughout the night. Mm. Um, so she goes for decaf. Okay. But if, I, you know, I drink decaffeinated teas throughout the day. Um, I mean, I drink a truckload of water anyway. Um, and typically, I'll default to peppermint teas, things like that, because I get caught up in work. You look down and realize you've got a hot drink next to you that's now cold and has been cold for a couple of hours so i drink the herb teas because they taste fine cold mm. um i like them cold as well yeah yeah me too um but yeah from a caffeine perspective so i so on that about three years ago i had a, a liver test done uh, from a, a naturopath who who owed me a favor and said you know what i'm going to give you the gold standard of liver tests and i thought great i'm really intrigued to see what this is all about and i had to take three caffeine pills in the morning like at seven o'clock in the morning and collect urine samples and each caffeine pill was the equivalent of a double shot espresso really well, wow, yeah, absolutely. that's a lot mate well given that's the fact that I've, I've never i've never had a cup of coffee in my life i was expecting uh, well i don't know what i was expecting i was expecting racing heart and um and just jitters wired and so I took these three caffeine pills at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's 450 Expect milligrams of caffeine. That's more than I have every day. Well, nothing day. happened. Easy. Nothing happened, really? 
nothing happened. And I went to sleep, right? And so I thought, nothing happened. Went to sleep at 10 o'clock, closed my eyes, and woke up and had the most restful, beautiful sleep. I woke up feeling fantastic, looked at the clock, 10.15. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> that was it. That was it. I was wired for the rest of the night. Wow. Like completely wired. So, that's um, enough to put you off. And it just, if, you, if you were tempted, yeah. that's enough to just, come on. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I just don't, don't bother anymore. Because I always see people who were trying to cut back on their coffee. And I think, well, if you're trying to cut back, why would I start? Mm, exactly. Uh, and so, everyone's different there. I think like some people I know can have a you know, double espresso before bed and sleep fine. Uh, yeah. As anything in the human body, you know, people metabolize things differently, right? You know, what, what have we got, like almost 20,000 different genes, give or take? Oh. And each one of those genes does different things, right? So yeah. one person can have a double espresso. But for me, uh, I have just basically I'll have uh, the equivalence of two double espressos a day, right? So, I mean, it's about 300 milligrams, uh, maybe a little bit more any more than 400 milligrams and I just don't get a good effect. So I get what you said then. I'll just be restless yeah. and I won't get the stimulating yeah. effects. But I cut mine off uh, at 1 p.m. because it's got a, you know, like a, tw- a six-hour half-life. I think five yes. or six-hour half-life. So that's 10 to 12 hours yeah. it's in your system. So I think the listeners should be aware of that. But uh, talking about recovery, Stu, um, yeah, 100%. Sleep is the go-to. Like, I mean, a good trainer, it took me a long time to crack this, but you can never ask enough questions, really. And especially yeah. when it comes to clients online, that's a whole other animal because you don't see them. It's much yeah. harder to get information out of them. But first thing I'll say when they come in, you know, I'll, I'll chat to them about how their week's been or whatever. How was your sleep? Okay, and I'll, ju- yeah. I'll just ask a few, oh, did, did you wake up at all last night? Oh, I woke up once for the toilet, then I woke up. Okay, so that basically is, a, if you're waking yeah. up throughout the night, it's not ideal. Um, yeah. you know, how many hours did you have? Um, and sometimes I go into further detail. People who are really struggling and they're not recovering or wherever it is and, you know, they're finding it hard to get results, even when it comes to like losing body fat and stuff. That is somewhere I'll look, you know, um, you know, for the most part, as you said earlier, um, when you're not sleeping properly, you're going to make generally make uh, poorer choices with food because your mm. hormones are right. Even after one night's bad sleep, you know, uh, it's been proven for you to be, you know, sometimes certain people can be uh, less insulin sensitive which means you're more in a fat store, even after one night's sleep. So that is a big one, Stu, for recovery every single time, both with myself and clients. If there's something which I can't quite figure out, right? Yeah. 80%, 90% of the time, it goes back to poor sleep. It's as simple as that, really. So I think it's important for us to communicate to people, Stu, that it is really simple, really, when you you think about what it takes to get results, is covering those big rocks, yeah. Um, and forgetting about, you know, taking all these, you know, namby pamby, whatever it is, you know, all this rubbish yeah. that people, you know, people focus on the pebbles, but yeah. it should be focusing on the big rocks, right? Oh, look, I think so. And, and if you are going to take a supplement, sorry, Stu, then no. you know where to go. <laughs> well, exactly right. Because what it comes down to is, you know, eat real food, mm. drink clean water, focus on your sleep, move your body. Mm. And, and ultimately, you're going to feel far better than you ever did before if you try and engage in with that, you know, utilize those strategies in some way, shape, or form. And it's when then you want to become more nuanced in in whatever your goals might be. In in your path, it's, it's body composition. Mm. Um, that's when you dial a little bit deeper. Mm. So I'm I'm intrigued. We're kind of coming up on time, but I'd love to run through a day in the life of. Martin Silver, and before we do that, I want everybody to jump back online again. <clears throat> Martin Silver Fitness, hit Google Images, get that get that image in your mind. So, day in the life of Martin Silver Fitness. With that in mind, now a, a, a lot of the images that will come up will be in your comp days, and mm-hmm. I get that 
that probably isn't how you look every single day. I know, but the funny thing is, though, like right now, I'm probably yeah. like, aesthetically, I'm in the shape of my life, so I'm, I'm, I've got more muscle mass now. But yeah, I yeah. mean, they're, they're extreme. But the ones that come up, well, actually, funny enough, just for the listeners, yeah. that's when I actually started developing the eating disorder. When you see like the the kind right. of um, you know like the kind of sex appeal ones, which a lot of them yeah. come up at the top. Uh, yeah. That was like 2014, 15, when I was talking about when, when I just started switching over yeah. to over to focusing on health more. So that was kind of the end. But so it just goes to show us another thing we should mention as well is like, you can look great, but yeah. have an eating disorder. And that's, that's something that people yeah. should tune into is like, for example, who you follow, like be very mindful because I've met a lot of these, you know, fitness models and stuff like that. And like, I think I saw, I said this to you before or on another podcast that I witnessed more eating disorders in the world yeah. of bodybuilding, right? By far yeah. more eating disorders. Uh, and just, out of whack life, you know, like imbalanced lifestyles than I have in the hundreds, if not over a thousand people that I've coached. So it just goes right. to show, you know, you look at these people and you can look great. Like I said, at yeah. that point, I was going through battling with a, an unhealthy relationship with food. So, but if you look at like pictures of me now, um, you know, I, I probably look better than that. Um, not probably not quite as lean right now, but not far off, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and that's cause I've yeah. been health a priority to you. So. Perfect. Well, that's right. And, and like, like you said, I mean, what what you see uh, is can oftentimes be quite different to mm. the the reality behind that. So exactly, and just to go, go on, sorry, mate. No, so I was going to say, so run us through loosely then um, some of the some of the strategies that you call upon each day that perhaps might not be the norm for many of us, and I'm talking about the way that you eat in terms of use some time restricted feeding um and you're mindful of things like blue light towards the end of the evening so mm. from, from kind of the, the moment you get up what does what does a day look like for you mm. so using that as an example now this week i've uh, i've had poor sleep and I, right. and I and i really feel it you know and i think um something that people need to be aware of is like that's firstly that self-awareness is key right yeah it's you know this you when it's when you when you've built up these healthy habits which i'll talk about my habits now it's when you stop doing them. When you compromise yeah. them, that's when you're like, oh, shit. And this is what I get people to, to connect to. It's, it's the health markers. But looking at, um, looking at the, a day of you know, how I live my life, kind of how a, an average day looks, my, like I said, my personal training clients are in the morning. So generally yeah. from about uh, 6 a.m. to around 11 a.m., I have a few yeah. clients. All yeah. the rest of the stuff I do is online. So let's just say my alarm will go off. I've been more regimented uh, over the last uh, month or two with my morning routine. So I let that go a bit and I noticed it. I didn't feel anywhere near as good and I feel so much better now getting up an hour before I go to work. Fortunately mm -hmm. for me, uh, you know, with Titan Fitness in Kuji, I live a yeah. five minute walk away. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't even drive since I moved yeah. to Australia. I haven't even owned a car. Um, so literally I'll get up an hour before. First thing I'll do, cold shower. Obviously, yep. after I have a pee, I don't have to go into details there. But um, I'll, <laughs> jump, I'll jump in a cold shower, straight in a cold shower, Stu. Been doing that, much like yourself. I've been doing that for about two and a half years now. Yep. Uh, that's how I can go into a whole other conversation about that. But the main benefits I've had from that is, firstly, no one wants to have a cold shower, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> unless, unless, Stu, do you know when it's really hot in Australia? Yeah, like, well, that's right. You, you're Absolutely. crying out for a cold shower. Even first thing in the morning, you wake up hot. Yeah. But it's a rarity, right? Most of the time, you don't want to do it. And in life, Stu, um, you can you can definitely identify with this more than most people when it comes to building a business on the scale you have uh, and, and getting your health in check like you have. Um, 
you had to do a lot of stuff you didn't want to do. You had to go above and yes. beyond. You had to go yeah. to a place, in fact, where you said you compromised your health and you weren't getting, yep. you know, those things. Uh, and that just relates, you know, relating that to a cold shower. You don't want to do that, right? And what that's done in no. my head is it's switched something in my mind. It's like when I don't want to do certain things, I tend to do them more now. Uh, so I've right. got a little bit more resilience there, but also my immune system, Stu, since having those cold showers, um, it, I just don't get I mean I used to get the old common cold never anymore touch wood yeah. uh, so yeah. I'll get my cold shower that's the first thing I'll do one minute cold shower out of the shower straight thing I'll do is first thing I'll do is put the kettle on and I'll make myself and what I've just done this week I don't want to go off too much here Stu is I got the water filter you talked about yes because that, that's something we should talk about is the kind of water Game. you drink right can you, quick, can you briefly go through that before I go off can you briefly go through that for the listeners what happened recently yeah, of course. So I interviewed a, um, a building biologist called Nicole um, Belsma, and, and a building biologist is somebody who looks at your residence, the place that you live, and, and uh, inspects it for um, any factors that might compromise your health in terms of um, mould, um, might be drinking water, might be electromagnetic issues in the house, um, just so many different factors and great podcasts worth listening to. But she said one thing to me. I asked her what the game changer would be for her. If I could do one thing after <clears throat> after dialing into all of her wisdom, what could I take away and share with my audience as being perhaps one of the big game changers that we could do right now? And she said to me, well, drink clean water. And I thought, well, I, you know, I am drinking clean water. I'm drinking, I've got a Brita water filter and, and everything's good. And she said, no, no. She said, you want to be drinking unchlorinated water because it's really important for us, in, especially in today's day and age, to work on our um, digestive health. And everybody's heard about getting good you know, gut health, gut bacteria. And she said, how can you optimize that if you're drinking chlorinated water, given the fact that chlorine is a highly effective antibacterial agent? So you're taking your probiotic with an antibacterial agent, like counterintuitive, mm -hmm. like how can you possibly optimize your gut health when you are drinking litres and litres of an antibacterial agent every single day? And mm -hmm. so I just installed an under-the-sink water filter. cost me about 500 bucks. You can get them a damn sight cheaper in Bunnings. And for the last almost year now, I've been drinking the cleanest water that I can find and my gut health has continued to get better and better and better and better. And, uh, and so for me, yeah, it's been a game changer. And I just think, just crazy. And, then, and you know, you don't have to go out and buy bottles and bottles of filtered water contributing to plastic waste. Like I just got a stainless steel flask. And when I go to work, I fill up that flask before I go. And that's my drinking water for the day. And um, Same, yeah. just works a treat. Oh, works so, a treat. Yeah. So, so that's what I do. Now I go to my, uh, my countertop filter now, Stu. Yeah. I, fill the <laughs> I fill the kettle up, you know, like a right snob. Uh, yeah, but no, I tell you what, you can even taste the, the massive. I, I couldn't believe yeah. the, the difference in taste. Yeah. The difference in taste between the two uh, tap water. And, and that's not to say, look, I don't want to scare the listeners either. Like drinking some tap water, it's not going to kill you. No. But when you're no. talking about optimizing, you know, it might mm. be it might be a good investment for a lot of people. But anyway, I'll have, yeah. a, I'll have a, a just lukewarm. So I'll have like half hot water and half cold water. Uh, yes. I'll squeeze a quarter of a lemon in there because a lemon, yeah. uh, lemon is really, really good for generally for gut health, hydrochloric mm. acid. Uh, and the gastric juices, it helps with digestion. 
So um, I'll, I'll have just like lemon and, and water in the morning. Then I'll do my, whilst I'm drinking, you know, once I have that on the side, I'll do my mobility moves. So I'll spend about literally five, 10 minutes, much like yourself. I noticed on yep. your, your recent blog, you'll do six minutes of exercise. Well, I'll do yep. about five, 10 minutes of mobility priming movements, which yep. is a whole other conversation. Uh, mobility and actually correcting uh, the issues you have because every single person uh, has muscular imbalances. Uh, and, and 99% of the time, you know, people are, or 90% of the time, people are going to see chiropractors, physiologists, kind of mm. stuff. But unless you get to the root cause <clears throat> and you work on your movement patterns, which is what I do, like I get a really tight neck and shoulders uh, and stuff like that. So I'll work on my neck and shoulders. If I've got time, I'll do my hips. And then I'll, um, I'll journal then as well. So uh, this is only over the last month or so, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, I do my journaling. I'll just write down, you know, about, th- about three minutes, my feelings, mm. my thoughts, my fears, how I feel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I'll just write down three things I'm grateful for. Boom, I'm out the door. Um, is there anything else I do there? That's pretty much it then. I'm out the door, Stu, and um, I'm on with clients then. So I'll have a black coffee then before I get to work. Uh, mm. I'll have a black coffee, um, which is like two shots of coffee. So um, actually, there's been some studies to show that it, it can actually help a fast, having black coffee. But look, yep. we're, we're splitting hairs here, really, Stu. Like intermittent fasting can be beneficial for a lot of people. Not everyone, but for me, it works a treat. So I got lots of clarity, my energy. I'm at my best in the mornings in that fasted state. And generally then, I'll, um, I'll break my fast then uh, kind of like any, anywhere between about 10 and 12, really 10 a.m. and 12 p.m., yeah. give or take. And I have three meals then. So within that, within that period, um, I, I try to give it at least three, four hours in between each meal. Uh, I, I seem to feel better if I have like a longer gap, like four yeah. hours roughly is a sweet spot. Um, and yeah, that's it then. So I'll just have my three meals in a day. Uh, my diet is 80, 90% whole foods. Uh, I do have an addiction to dark chocolate. I'll, uh, I'll yeah. hold my hands up with <laughs> that one. So that's pretty much a daily thing. That's my little fix. Uh, yeah. normally, you're normally it. like 85 to hundred percent, like 85 minimum for me, the darker, the better, you. Do, 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 do yes. you eat dark chocolate? Yeah, I do. I, I like the, uh, the lint 90% and, it's um, good. It's it's yeah it's 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 delicious and actually my brother-in-law when he came over um, last year to Australia bought me a block of um, 100% dark chocolate and that was yeah that was different. certainly um, different. It's bitter. <laughs> Man, I've, I found an amazing one. I was the same as well. I didn't like the 100% stuff at first. But yeah. You know you've got Harris Farms here. They do a 100% yes. Dominican and it's like seven dollars for a bar, right? But yeah. it's incredible. It's zero sugar. It's all fat. Yeah you know, antioxidants, all the rest of it, and it tastes lovely, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, yeah. Anyway, so then in terms of my training, Stu, as well, I'd like to um, just ver- verify that quickly. Um, my training, I train at the moment two, three times a week. I do resistance training in the gym. So I'll do two or three full body training programs, uh, much like the training program, which I, I, I sell via my website. Uh, it's, it's laid out the same, the way I train. So say every and- four weeks, go on. Yeah. How long would your typical training so, session be? Around about an hour. So including, oh, okay. including the priming, including the, okay. sometimes it'll take a bit longer. Yep. Uh, but at the moment I'm not, I'm not doing, so I'll do the full body. But yep. at the moment I'm not isolating my biceps, triceps, calves and abs like I normally do. So I'll normally yep. add them onto the workout and that can take an hour and a half. But at yep. the moment I'm just focused on the big body parts, uh, focusing yep. on the big body parts, you know, legs, shoulders, back uh, and, um, and chest. So, you know, bear in mind, you're working your arms anyway when you're doing that. But on the days in between then, Stu, um, so let's just say I do three full body sessions in the gym. Uh, days in between, I'll do mobility as much as I can. You, just for the listeners, you can never, ever do enough mobility. It's impossible. Yeah. Uh, corrective, corrective movements. 
Uh, most people could do with more yoga and stuff like that. Uh, but what I do then is I do resistance band session shoes. So that's my um, okay. my little trick. Resistance band, you should try it, Stu. Um, resistance band, like medium resistance, doesn't have to be heavy. You know the yeah. um, like the rubber bands with handles on. Yep. So I'll just do uh, like a, if you can do up to three of those in a day. If you really want to build muscle and get an insane pump. Um, and recover faster in between sessions. You can do two or three of these resistance band sessions. All you're doing, Stu, again, is like six to 10 minutes. That's all you're doing. And what you're doing is like, say, four or five different exercises. Focus on the weaker body parts. So for me, I'll do like um, bodyweight squats, for example. So I'll just do bodyweight squats. Then I'll do like some side lateral raises. You know, Um, Then I'll just bang out some push-ups and bicep curls with the band. Uh, And that's pretty much it, a little circuit. And I'll do that on the days in between. Just one of them at the moment, Stu, around about 10 minutes. Uh, but if I really want to get in killer shape, I'll do two to three of those um, on the days in between. And that's right. a big one for the audience to take away here is the training frequency. Um, so I'm hitting every body part two, three times per week properly in the gym. Right. But then yep. just by doing those band sessions, Stu, you're sending a muscle bill in signal. So you're still going to build muscle. You're going to get more of a pump in the muscles and you're also going to recover faster. Um, right. So that's a little trick as well, uh, and that's pretty much my day. Then in the evening, then Stu. Uh, lately, as I said, I've been I've been slacking with the uh, with the evening routine. Uh, generally, I'll come off electrics. I try to come off electrics by eight pm. Uh, yeah. on, on, a, on a Wednesday and Saturday, I get my phone to lock me out of all the apps uh, at seven pm. You can Excellent. set that for the listeners. You can set that on your phone in settings. Uh, go into go into downtime. It locks you out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's that's pretty much a day for me, Stu. Really. Fantastic! Oh yeah. well, look, lots and lots of um, lots and lots of little gems in there, and yeah. I became uh, and and for the listeners as well. Now that you're you know now that we've partnered, you're on board 180 Nutrition. I'm super excited to be able to duck into these conversations in more depth um, in the future. Um, and yeah, very very keen to get um, comments, feedback, suggestions, things like that. And we can we can you know dive as deep as you want on any given topic because. Um, I think between us, we've got a reasonable amount of, um, we've done the groundwork in the industry. Uh, Definitely. 100%. And got some, yeah. And, and as and, you say, it's learning from the greats, though. You said this before, right? It's, yep. You know, like, and that's another, that's another pillar of health, though, as well as the relationships. That's another conversation for health. But even yes. in terms of getting the information out there, it's, yeah. you know, everyone's learning from other people. You know what I'm saying? As simple as that, right? So Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I'm continually learning as well from the guests that I have on our podcast as well and, and all of the the research and the readings and the listenings that um, I do every single day. So, yeah, yeah it's just, it's empowering. But yeah. um, I'm honored fantastic. to be on board, mate. I wanted to say I'm honored to be on board. And, uh, yeah, just for my listeners, you should go and check out uh, the Health Sessions podcast. Um, obviously, if they're listening to my, my audience, check out Health Sessions podcast uh, by 180 Nutrition, my man Stuart Cook. Incredible, mate. I've learned so much. I've got so much value from your podcast, Stu. Uh, I'm, Fantastic. Not just, I'm not just saying that, but the uh, the guests you get on there is just, uh, it's insane, man. It's good work. Yeah. Well, we've got some good ones coming up too. So I'm really, yeah, I'm, we'll, we'll keep rolling. So for a so for our um, for our listeners today, they want to find out more about you. Um, you mentioned you've got an online program, you've got a podcast. Mm-hmm. Where where should we go? Where okay. would be the best place to send them? So my website is optimizeyourbody.com. So yep. optimize, spell S-E on the end, not Z-E. Yep. So mm-hmm. optimizeyourbody.com. Uh, if you head over there and get, um, you can get some good free guides I've got on there. So yeah. I've got like a fat loss fundamentals guide, which has got like everything in there and it's all free yeah. in terms of 
calculating your calories, your macros, all that mm. kind of stuff, uh, food sources, um, you know, like how to build your relationship with food, all that kind of stuff is all in there and it's free. You also get a free ab guide and a free fasting guide. So just uh, click on the program tab, click free guys and just download it there and then. Um, also, yeah, we have, a, as I said, we've got training programs on there. Yeah. Uh, my main one is the, uh, the version 1.0 training program. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a 10-week training program. And it's yep. just the stuff I talked about them. It's basically out of all the people I've trained, the hundreds of people, it's it's what works for 80, 90% of people. Um, full body training, training the whole body two, three times per week. And then, yeah. and then we have like uh, our target sessions then. So on the days in between then, uh, we have specific sessions if you want to do more training. A lot of people do like to train more than two yeah. times per week and I get that. So uh, getting game changer results for that. And actually, shameless plug here, Stu, uh, I've got an offer on right now. It's fifty percent off, so it's optimize. If your listeners yeah. use optimize your body at checkout, they can get that fifty uh, percent off. Uh, but just above that, just get the free guides because there's loads of free right. stuff in there. And yeah, Instagram. That's where I do most of my stuff. So at Martin Silver Fitness, uh, yeah. find me there. And uh, that's my main platforms, really, Stu, without complicating things. So fantastic, fantastic. So we will put all of that and any other links. Um, that we've spoken about in the conversation day in the show notes. Thanks for oh, the uh, podcast as well. Obviously, yeah, optimize your body podcast. Yeah. So iTunes, Spotify, all iTunes, the iTunes, yeah, that's places. available. iTunes, Spotify, uh, all the Android ones everywhere, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. YouTube Fantastic. as well. Well, lots and lots of information, loads of resources, loads of gems. And like you said, if you're interested in any way, shape, or form in optimizing your body, and aren't we all? I mean, ultimately, we, we all want to live our best lives, then, um, definitely definitely worth checking out have a look around see what works for you something will i guarantee it thanks a lot to you looking forward to our collaboration mate and uh it's great to actually find um you know firstly yourself you know we get along well but actually a supplement which is the real deal i'm not just saying that you know yourself there's so many bullshit supplements out there so it's great to find someone with proper integrity who actually cares about people's health so thanks for getting thank you so much mate until next time i uh Cannot wait to come down, have a training session with you, and talk more on Lee's little podcast where we can dig deeper into some of the bits that we've spoken about today as well. So thanks again. Thanks again, mate. Catch you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.